Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn and has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Good afternoon, good evening. This is Al Naval. This is Agitators Anonymous. This is episode 75 of the podcast, and this one is just a pretty straightforward heavy metal run to the finish line. This is a chat with Christian from Portrait, um, a band I actually signed to Metal Blade back in the day. It may seem like a touch of nepotism, but no, it's not. The first time we ever met, I spent most of the time slagging his fringe, slagging his bangs, as you would call them, in America, which was most amusing to me at the time. I think I'd been drinking whiskey. So I think Whiskey Allen was out in full effect and mocking my soon-to-become friend, Christian. Um, so it was a bit of a no-brainer. They have a new album out called called a One With None over on Metal Blade. Um, and we talk mainly about the music industry, a lot about Iron Maiden, for whatever reason. Again, um, they seem to be... Well, I suppose it makes sense. A new album has dropped. They are uh, weighing heavy on the thoughts of most heavy metal people. Um, but yeah, Christian makes some interesting um, points about the return to live music. Somehow, is it possible to avoid becoming bait, as they say, um, for people to for people to want to take part in society so they um, sort of acquiesce to the demands of state and institutions of power and governance and big tech and all that kind of stuff. It's not a word I'd used before, but it is a very interesting word when I think about it. Um, the concept that even though live music is being the last to return, um, does it belong in the category of um, just being bait? As in, this is something within which you have to follow all of these procedures to take part in once again. That was once your right 
as a citizen. Um, it's an interesting concept and, and Christian sort of, um, yeah, well, you'll hear you'll hear so follow me on Instagram over on Nemtiangos underscore primordial to see my mainly dumb adventures that aren't really that exciting but what can we do patreon.com slash Alan Averill for more podcasts more content um, various discussions on this and that and all sorts of things it's pretty cool go over there and you can um, pledge for as little as a dollar um, a month or whatever there's no tears I don't really understand how to work it properly Etc. Etc. Um, the podcast is sponsored by MetalBlade.com and also Eisenwald Records. So MetalBlade.com and www.eisenton.de in Europe.com in America. Use the promo code ALAN for either of those, and you can get ten percent off in North American Metal Blade. And 10% off the other orders with Eisenwald Records. All right, so let's do it. Christian from Portrait. Swedish heavy metal mustachioed. Oh, no, he didn't have his mustache. As you will see over on my YouTube channel, um, this is there as a video cast. Does he, does he not have a mustache? These are the big questions. All right, let's get into it with Christian. Recording yeah. in progress. Okay, the New World Order right. is listening. Hello, how are you, sir? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, good. So you were yeah, just I'm you, just uh, you were just saying that um, you think that there's going to be digital transmission of the virus from now on through screens. Is that what you were just saying? Yeah, exactly. That is probably <laughs> uh, that is part of the fourth industrial revolution. I don't know if you have heard. Ah, uh, yeah, I've heard about it. <laughs> it's new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to, is that where you want to start? Good. Do you want to talk about the fourth industrial revolution or <laughs> which one is it? Yeah, yeah we can. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's kind of they are they are both intertwined, aren't they? <laughs> well, let's start. Well, let's start with the most important question, yeah. which is uh, the very first time I met you, yeah. you had a, you had a, an incredible fringe, and you don't have it anymore. What happened? That you saw sense and grew out the fringe. What happened in your life between those years? Um, I don't know. It comes and goes, you know. I see. Okay. So, uh, I it's not. Um, it doesn't have to do with any um, uh, lockdown situation or or something like that. I was uh, speaking about that. I, I was supposed to have a, like a work meeting some days ago with uh, uh, some people from Germany, and uh, yeah, a, a digital meeting like this one. But uh, the guy said like, yeah. I have my camera switched off because this uh, <laughs> this situation that we're in uh, have not been treating me very well. I don't shave. I don't shower. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so he wanted his camera off. But yeah, anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it it comes and goes. There's no 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 specific fringe story for you to delve uh, deep Damn into. I, I'm afraid. So surely there, there surely must be a kind of a washing filter. You know what I mean? That he could yeah. just put a, put a filter over and he would look clean shaven, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Actually, I watched this thing um, uh, of this guy. Uh, he made a YouTube sort of uh, video. And what he'd done is he would he downloaded some app and he basically filmed himself um, kind of like, yeah, yeah, responding and paying attention on Zoom. Then he just put yeah. it on loop 
and then just installed himself in the <laughs> Zoom conversation as just, and then just went off and did his own thing. And then yeah. he recorded, He then he recorded like 10 specific sort of nonsense, you know, empty messages, sort of like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll have that for you tomorrow. Or uh, this kind of voice recognition where if he was asked, or sorry, I can't hear you. And he yeah. just there for a whole week, just literally didn't go into his Zoom meetings. He just sent his recorded version of himself into his Zoom okay. meetings and no one fucking noticed at all. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> that, that's got to be what to do in a year then, hasn't it got to be? You can send in an avatar of yourself to pay attention yeah. and the avatar of yourself will be able to do whatever sort of tasks you're supposed to do. Yeah, I mean, uh, that could be good for some... Um... I mean, not that I don't enjoy doing interviews, you know, but uh, sometimes the questions are a bit similar, you know. <laughs> I remember, like, I remember doing some interview for somebody else before, and it was like, yeah. you know, the, tell me the history of the band. And it was like, www.biography.com slash primordial. Yeah, yeah. Just like, okay, let me paraphrase 30 years of history for you in like yeah. two sentences. But I don't know, I stopped mm. doing like, I stopped kind of doing fanzine or those kind of interviews. I'll do them talking, yeah. but I won't do them typing yeah. anymore. I'm, I'm too old for the fucking typing, you know? Yeah, but what is good with the typing is that uh, if the questions aren't interesting, you can change the questions yourself and just send back. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that a couple of times and uh, no one has commented on it, you know? Just changing to a more um, interesting subject and... Uh, than the bio biography parts, you know. I'd say what you could, what you what you should have is like, let's call it something like um, you could have a black metal app interview generator, and you could just put mm. in all of the kind of buzzwords of the black metal kind of uh, interview, and it could just randomly yeah. random a sort of random black metal answer generator, you know. Yeah, that could be great. <laughs> so what's going on? You've just made a fucking new album. What's going on there? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's out since um, two weeks now. Mm. It's called uh, At One With None. And um, yeah, it's uh, our fifth album. Um, I'm very satisfied with it. Uh, I think um, uh, we managed to um, uh, develop and evolve as a band um, in uh, a way that I hadn't really counted on when or thought we would do when we started out. And um, yeah, I, it feels great to have it out. And um, we're doing our best now to get uh, some shows booked as well. Well, this is the, this is the thing is that um, I think you might have timed it reasonably well, because if mm. society is sort of slowly, well, I mean, look, all the different countries are moving at different speeds, we can get into that. But there's mm. signs that next year, might begin to reopen a bit in certain countries yeah i still remain a bit unconvinced but we'll see but if you'd released it this time last year i think you would have been heading into fucking nothingness and then somebody would have said to you well isn't it time yeah. to make another album like i made that dread sovereign yeah. album come out in january and people are saying oh well when is the next one it's like well we haven't even played a show for the last one it feels like such a great waste yeah. of energy when what you're supposed to be doing is being out there and playing it but the problem yeah. is going to be that the festivals for a lot of them next year are just the same lineup has moved like fucking two yeah, years in a row. Postponed, yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah, we'll see. We uh, we decided that we would focus on um, 
uh, on Sweden now this autumn and uh, winter because it's easier. I mean, like you say, countries are moving at different paces and speed. So, um, but at least it's possible to keep track on the restrictions from day to day here. Well, that's uh, one, that's one of the things that I think is going to sort of um, really then the whole next year. And maybe a bit beyond is going to be, I think, exemplified by that by different countries. Like sort of like local bands playing local shows will be able mm. to have a greater feel for what they're doing. But how the fuck that's going to affect bands who need to move from border to border and tour? And well, like like say if you're going to if you're going to play in Germany, you got to fly pretty yeah. much unless you want a yeah. fucking twenty hour van trip, which is not impossible. I suppose no. you could go on a ferry and down through the you know. Whereas we can't fucking, we can't do that at all. But so you might have timed it reasonably well. But Sweden is dropping all restrictions now, what? September the 29th or something, is it? Yeah, uh, which is actually uh, the 15th anniversary of our first gig. So it's nice. But wow. uh, yeah, it still remains to be seen uh, if this will actually happen or if there will be any uh, buts, you know. Yeah, the bad, bad kinds of but there probably but, will be. But but you yeah. have um, I don't know what it was. Maybe seven or eight or nine months ago, I talked to JB from Grand Magus, and we discussed the mm. differences in how the countries were reacting. But how was how is Sweden sort of, I suppose, generally the society looking back at the reaction for the last twenty months? The rest of us, even though the, our mainstream media doesn't like to report that there are no debts in Sweden for the last three months or whatever it is or something like this. They don't want to report that because mm. they want it doesn't fit into their outrage sort of yeah. best or whatever. But how is Swedish society looking back on how you've sort of dealt with the with all of this? Yeah, I mean, uh, what we hear most of is that it's too early to draw any conclusions. You know, there's no one really taking, uh, saying that... Um, yeah, we did this wrong, we did that wrong, we did this right, or yeah, so on. Um, it's very much um, about what is happening right now and what is important now and so and so on. So uh, there's not much uh, looking back in the um, uh, media reporting right now, actually. But I think that... Uh, for example, with some of the um, uh, solutions, so to speak, there are now uh, being proposed, like those vaccine passports and, and so on. Uh, I guess that, well, in other countries, having had like harsher, more draconian uh, restrictions, people don't have the same um, uh, you know, confidence or uh, trust to the government and might, you know, protest against such things uh, more. Uh, well, as in Sweden, uh, many people say like, yeah, we basically we haven't had any restrictions at all. And yeah, you know, they've built up this kind of trust and yeah. uh, uh, moving uh, in slower uh, steps and not not so harsh restrictions, but still, I mean, when it comes to live, the, the live music scene, uh, yeah, we are pretty much in the same boat, you know. Well, I think so, that's one of the thing. I think that's one of the things that characterizes this last two years is a com is almost like a complete 
erosion of trust between yeah. um, you know people in the mainstream media, people and their governments. I mean, I think even in Ireland, where a lot of people were kind of like lockdown now and will explain the science later or yeah. attempt to explain what we perceive as the science um, of lockdown or whatever you want to say. But even the 0% people yeah. are a bit quiet now, like they've run out of energy because the world is kind of going, do you see what's happening in Australia? Is that quite what you want? Yeah. That sort of hysterical authoritarian overreaction. And it feels like the 0% yeah. people have kind of run out of a bit of steam, but maybe the intention was always if you aim for 100% and get 25%, which is the vaccine passport issue, yeah. then you've you've overshot your mark, but you've still hit your target, so to speak, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, the vaccination passport thing, arbitrarily, um, I've been saying it on the podcast, which is if you're leaving, if you're, if you're using um, Ryanair employees as the first stage of um, defense in your new world order, then probably it's not the most organized one because... <laughs> Arbitrarily, um, arbitrarily, I can say that the pub around the corner from me has the code scanner, but no, okay. no airport staff do. No. Explain that. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <Yeah. laughs> but, but Swedes, but you think Swedes are willing to accept the the sort of passport issue because they've been given a bit more freedom than everywhere else? Yeah, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I think so, actually. Uh, and I guess it's also, I mean, not, not only because of that, I guess also Swedish people have uh, from the beginning, even before this pandemic uh, situation, uh, had a lot of trust, you know, into to the Swedish authorities and to government and, and uh, so on. And it's a lot of, you know, uh, some complications about the, uh, different laws and stuff that are in place that they can't really, you know, just overwrite. So a lot of things has to take different turns, you know. Uh, and um, yeah, we we will have to see where things end up. But um, uh, as of now, I can say that they have told that. Um, uh, that restrictions will be lifted on September 29, uh, and uh, that there will be, be no such passports uh, in use. But still, there are some uh, festivals, or at least one, and a few clubs also, who has started to uh, ask uh, their visitors for uh, these digital passports anyway. Uh, even if they don't have to, and they are not allowed to bring in more people just because they do this. They do it anyway, because they want to show the authorities that they are prepared and that they are willing to mm. to do that in order to open up their businesses, you know. I mean, it's quite strange. So, it's quite strange in that um, in our media, um, in the last year when our media was busy trying to scare Irish people into staying inside, Sweden, it was used as an example of, like, oh, this is, look what's going to happen to Sweden. Can you imagine, you know, the death toll of this, that, the other? Um, and it was almost mm. with a certain sort of weird, macabre um, glee that people would kind of point to statistics and say, mm. oh, look, you know, they're not locking down, they're this, that, the other. 
But like I said, I went and dug up the stats for zero deaths from this um, in Sweden for the last three months. And that certainly wasn't part of our media narrative. So it's we it was very weird. Like, I don't know if Swedes quite realize how much um, other medias in other countries where the media was working, um, you know, in terms of um, blatant coercion as a hand, mm. as a hand of government um, to scare people was using Sweden as example of yeah. how not to do it. And then when it worked, we never heard anything about it. You know, I don't know if Sweden oh. quite realize how much scrutiny they were under from the rest of Europe, you know, and the world, the world, I guess. Yeah. Uh... I don't think the you know uh, average uh, Joe here <laughs> uh, realized that, but I, I have seen it also, of course, that um, uh, that this form of strategy or whatever to to call it has been used as you know the paint up some uh, nightmarish uh, vision. Um, so yeah, I um, it uh, it is what it is, you know. But um, we'll see how um, uh, how this uh, lifting of restrictions now on the 29th, if they will actually become reality, or if it's just you know temporary or yeah, whatever. But why do you th- why do you think uh, why do you think it was Sweden? Like, was it something in the um, is it something in the Swedish mentality? Just a level of trust between government and the people or is it because a friend of mine tried to say to me it's something to do with the sort of slightly distanced way Swedes live some of their social life anyway I can see in Ireland there's a terrible Mm -hmm. reluctance on the government and the health officials um, and various other liars um, that they don't want young people and alcohol together they just don't trust this mix they just refuse to allow this and they just keep on perpetuating the same bullshit in order yeah. to um you know keep those two things at arm's length to close off social society but my mate was telling me well in sweden um the idea of a distant social society is kind of a bit more what happens well i mean look i know i've been in sweden many times but as a mm. swede do you think that that's somehow part of the level of trust that the government gave to the people that you guys are a bit socially distant anyway if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, um, uh, that could, of course, have been part of it. But I think that most, uh, mostly, it has been uh, because yeah, people have have like this trust already, and also because the you know the juridical uh, problems that they couldn't really enforce the same lockdown politics here as in other uh, countries uh, so um, yeah th- th- I think it's those those things uh, combined really and uh, it was quite interesting because I think the first was it first six to eight months or something uh, that Sweden really stood out but then during this um, yeah, last autumn or beginning of winter, uh, things change a bit towards you know uh, harsher uh, restrictions for us um, with a new temporary uh, pandemic law and so on uh, in place. Uh, the, the monster energy variant. Ah, 
nice. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm being facetious. I went the monster, the monster energy variant. You know, that was the one after the Delta. Mm. Maybe, maybe, oh yeah, yeah. Of course. Maybe of course. you didn't get told about that one. No, no, no not yet. Uh, but fu funny thing about um, it starts here. Let, now. It's like yeah, a, a side side crack about this monster energy. Um, uh, last bigger show that I attended was this show that uh, KK Downing did in Wolverhampton. Oh yeah, yeah. In, uh, 2019 with uh, Ripper Owen singing. Yeah, yeah. And I remember I remember their, uh, their Facebook um, uh, postings and marketing about that show, and they all they all wrote you know the same. But Ripper Owen started all of his uh, posts with. Fueled by monster energy. It's you know, the sponsorship. <laughs> it's such, well, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I will give it to Ripper in that I've seen him play with lots of different bands, um, but the fucking monster energy hat thing and his, mm -hmm. his complete and utter lack of charisma is quite yeah. astounding. But yet somehow, I mean, look, his voice just still sounds, there's nothing you can take, take away from his voice, which is great. No. How, how was the show yeah. though? Because it was, yeah, it was, yeah, it was great. I mean, uh, KK was very much. Uh, one could tell that he had been missing the stage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, he was on fire, you know. And everything sounded great, and uh, and so on, and quite some um, interesting choices in the set list, and so on. Also, uh, uh, so I guess it was very bad timing because they. I think they planned on releasing that Cake is Priest album last year, yeah. but it got postponed because of the whole pandemic. So we'll see what happens with that now. But uh, yeah, maybe people would uh, rather we talk about heavy metal than talk about <laughs> the pandemic. But you went over to what's, yeah. what's the, he's made his own venue there, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, in uh, Wolverhampton. Uh, very nice place. Uh, yeah, lots of lots of priest stuff of course on the yeah. walls and so on uh, yeah very cool good sound uh, and the bar just um, uh, on the opposite side of the stage you know so yeah I mean I watched them um, or sorry I did an interview with Andy Sneap you know and he, yeah. he basically just kind of said that it was completely out of the blue that he got asked uh, they just sort of said, well, could you learn a set? We've got to play in a month. Glenn isn't going to be able to play. And his his yeah. reaction in the podcast is great because he's, he's just, it sort of made you realize like that thing, that sort of moment he must have had when um, you're literally your childhood heroes that you've been doing some work or recording with kind of go, do you want to help us out? Kind of yeah. thing. Must be a rather. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's amazing. Uh, what a, What a thing, you know. It's it's a bit weird now with the they did this um, bloodstock show and some uh, yeah. shows in the United States and they post like pictures from it but there's no picture of Andy I don't know <laughs> and they also cut uh, Dave Holland out from old pictures for some reason ah okay free Dave, <laughs> free Dave Holland yeah yeah <laughs> no I mean it's um I I mean it's just uh. It's, it's just such a kind of a, a strange situation. But when I did see them at um, Sweden Rock that time, mm -hmm. I did think it was pretty tastefully done how they sort of figured it out. And Glenn came out at the end. And yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's it's 
it's the 50th anniversary of the band. So, I mean, this in, this incarnation, it's either, it feels like it's either this or nothing, you know. But I was trying to persuade them. Yeah. Um, I was trying to persuade my friend who runs a booking agency. I was going, you should put um, KK, Ross the Boss and Michael Denner together and have yeah. like a sort of 3G, three guitar player kind of thing with one back yeah. band and maybe a, a, some killer singer as a killer app. I said, yeah, that would, that would I think people would go and see that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that that would be great. Uh, we uh, we were supporting uh, Ross the Boss uh, on tour like three years ago, I think. It was us and Bullet and uh, Ross the Boss. Oh yeah, and he was a very nice guy. Actually, that was um, was around the same time that this whole um, uh, Carl Logan thing uh, came up, and oh, yeah, so yeah. we talked about it and. Uh, and he, he had actually received uh, some message from KK Downing uh, because they know each other. And uh, KK had written something like, uh, yeah, I hope uh, Joey gets his act together and ask you to come back. <laughs> it's uh, quite an interesting thing, you know. But they, they went for some uh, cover band uh, guitarist instead. Yeah, or it's, it, it turned it, it, out. it's weird. It's like sometimes... You think um, with those old bands, you think that sometimes you have this feeling that from the outside that, that, that they could all just sit down to go, look, time's ticking. We only got yeah. another couple of chapters, maybe one or two left in the tank. Yeah. We're not going to be doing this at 70 um, yeah. or 75. Uh, let's just make fucking make the best of the last five years. You can have mm. your separate hotel room. You can arrive in a separate fucking car, but let's just you know, proper man of war one last time. Yeah. But no. And it just keeps oh. happening. No, with various bands, they just go, eh, yeah. no. So it's, it's yeah. like, it's like as if the things that happened when they were 20, 25, 30, they just never yeah. quite get over with. Why do you think that is? Do you think it's just because you're living in this band bubble for 40 years, a bit like a politician or something, sort of this unreal yeah. world, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. It must be something like that. I don't know. I mean, um, there's so many, like you say, those really, really big bands that one would just think that, come on, you know, yeah. let's do this uh, properly one last time. And there would be like no one in their fan base who would object to it. No. But uh, uh, yeah, for some reason, um, I guess um, maybe there's a risk that when people people are looking back at their career as a band, they might think that, um uh, that their place in the band uh or their role within the band hasn't been uh, uh too much covered you know that other members might have gotten more uh, recognition than they themselves uh, have and so on and such things i suppose can uh, can grow uh, into into bigger issues like or something versus yeah yeah something like that maybe i can't really otherwise figure out why i mean i, I mean I, I, like probably the biggest reason is like probably the biggest reason is money and i suppose it depends on the band like say for example yeah. if you go and see if you don't if you go and see creator you're not disappointed that rob fioretti yeah. is on the bass you understand that it's the new version of creator no. however if we go and see merciful fate yeah. and there's no and there's no fucking you know dinner you're kind of like yeah, this is merciful fate without Denner Sherman. That to me, yeah. that, 
I mean, I'll still go and no. see it, but a part of me is like, you know, what's going yeah. on here? Yeah. Yeah, it would be like, yeah, did you did you see, uh, did you ever see Merciful Fate live? Yes, but yeah. <laughs> that would yeah. be the answer. You know? Yeah, which, uh, but you're not going to say that about, I guess, creator destruction or, you know, probably. No, no exactly. Okay. Maybe, maybe a little, not really, I think, yeah. because you accept that they've moved on. No. But maybe it's because they're from such a different elevated old period. I, I, I really don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if- yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, uh, it's one thing with those bands that have done albums with you know different sounds with new members and so on. Then then it is one thing, but to hear you know classic uh, classic albums performed by uh, someone who's not uh, been on on the album while the original member is still you know alive and available, then uh, it becomes just weird. I think, I think I guess it's got to, I guess a lot of it has unfortunately got to do with with money. I imagine you know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like certain person steps in and then an old band goes, well, and they go, well, I demand. I mean, yeah. that's, that's probably why you don't get, didn't get Dave Lombardo on the last Slayer thing, I imagine, because it was a sort of, well, we can't have him because he's going to demand an equal percentage of the fee or that. Kind yeah. Of but then, I mean, if one looks at it at the smaller level, also, if, um, uh, considering one's own band, uh, if if we knew now that uh, uh, we were gonna do our last shows this year ever, mm-hmm. I mean, would uh, uh, would I would I choose, you know, to try to do it with the current members of the band or the original lineup? And I mean, mm-hmm. it always feels like, you know what you do now is the most important when you're in a band so but i yeah. suppose so i suppose that makes sense and that in that when you're inside the bubble you don't quite have an understanding yeah. exactly of what um yeah uh, i mean uh, there are i mean also i guess uh, like you say money is of course uh, one problem and also there are stuff that you go through when in a band that can't really be explained to outsiders. Like, yeah, yeah why didn't it work out between, I ah, know, you know, he didn't want to do that, but I would, you know, it's, yeah. it, it's always like, there's always, sometimes the reasons are good for why we don't know everything about every Yeah, well, that's, band, that's, also, I suppose. that's also true. I mean, I, rem- I, I mean, the amount of times through, the years with Primordial where we've stood waiting to get into a bus and other bands have been looking at the window and we've been yeah. swinging fucking trying, drunkenly trying to hit each other and there's people being, yeah. and, you know, shit that other bands would go like, how the fuck do you not manage to hold that against each other? And it's just like, ah, it's an Irish thing where you kind of take that as, as a given that that's part of your relationship that you might swing a fucking punch at somebody. But then, you know, if some other bands take that and then go, well, that's the reason why you're not in the band. And then 15 years later, somebody goes, well, where's the bass player? And then you think back, well, he punched me in the face in the canteen in 2004 or something. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) How can you explain that? Somebody goes, yeah, but you're 50. Haven't you got over that? And you're like, yeah, yeah, I suppose so. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Totally agree. So, what did you think of the new Iron Maiden album? I like it. Uh, it is, of course, like 
like all of their albums these past 30 years or so, it will take some time to... 20 uh, years. 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> will will take some time to... Um, uh, to understand everything and to uh, get your head around uh, all of the songs, but uh, I think yeah, uh, there are some definitely some very strong songs on it. Uh, especially fond of the last track, this Hell yeah. on Earth this song. This is great, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, it's great. And there's uh, <laughs> there's stuff that reminds me of the uh, X Factor and yeah. virtual 11 albums uh, that i enjoy very much you know the, the kind of darker atmosphere i see you're talking to laugh or... <laughs> <laughs> that's weird it's weird yeah. that you say that it's weird that you say that because mm-hmm. i had to do like um for a magazine this uh zero tolerance this call from the grave thing i do a kind of retrospective about some old bands and i decided to write about maiden but only 90 to 2000 yeah. the middle mm-hmm that sort of lost 10 years only to write about that, you know, and I went back and I listened to all of the records from the nineties there uh, for the last three or four days. And I found that I couldn't realistically give any single one of them more than about five or six out of 10. In fact, I gave gave virtual 11, like two or three. Okay. To me, that's like the angel and the gambler. This has to be like the worst Iron Maiden song I've almost I've ever heard, you know? Okay, yeah, uh, I like that song uh, a lot actually. It's, <laughs> really, uh, it's it stands out. Yeah, yeah, I do. It it has its own place, you know. <laughs> Some, sometimes you're in the angel and the gambler mood, you know. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a well, I don't know whether to put that down as a Swedish answer or not. But there's just something about like uh, that sort of. It just feels really strange that, like, when I listen to the new album, it feels like. I, you, if you could just convince them and go like, hey, can you have somebody else mix it? Because it just sounds yeah. like a really good rehearsal, like every album from the last 20 years, like a really good rehearsal, but it has no, like it's missing tonal dynamics, like, mm. you know, the big flabby acoustic bass thing and yeah. the vocals are a bit buried and, you know, I mean, okay, they're getting older and all that kind of stuff. And you I mean, obviously the performances themselves are different to when to 1985, but we can't expect that to be as dynamic. Yeah. But just something about it feels like, it always feels like unmixed. Like, don't get me wrong, mm. I, I really, I like it a lot, but yeah. sometimes you just wish you could go, ah, not every song has to have a, a picked bass intro. Mm. And you know this yeah. kind of um, sing-along with the guitar harmony, death of the Celts kind yeah. of, drives me fucking mad but then i yeah. listen back to x factor and virtual 11 i was like oh, okay the, the mm-hmm. beginnings of that style are like in those records as well you know yeah yeah that is probably what i meant also uh it's something about the style and the uh, atmosphere somehow uh some stuff on the new album i could even imagine uh blaze singing actually but uh, yeah, yeah. i haven't done that with the other later albums you know the last 20 years yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, no. I mean, uh, I'm very, uh, I'm very happy that they still do albums that are not one of those bands who, you know, yeah, live on past glories and um, and so on. Uh, I think the one of the coolest things I've seen live from a a band was when they did the um, a Matter of Life and Death tour yeah. when they started just playing the album from start to finish yeah, yeah. 
And then you, you, I mean, you can tell because I think I saw them three or four times on that tour, and um, every time it was like, uh, you know, I think they did Fear of the Dark as the first encore uh, after the whole album, uh, yeah. new album had been played, and you can tell, you know, in the audience audience response when they start when they heard the Fear of the Dark intro, the difference, you know, yeah, it yeah. was like, oh, okay, there are people in here, you know, yeah, yeah, and they. They kept on doing that uh, every night, uh, just you know, forcing people to yeah to uh, enjoy. And I mean, one can tell when um, uh, they give that extra, you know, when they want to uh, uh, when they have something to uh, I don't know if something to prove is the right word, but you know, yeah. they know that they have to give this little extra because uh, that they don't have to do when performing you know fear with no. the dark or or no, whatever that's true i mean i matter of life or death is a, that that and brave new world are the albums that i prefer the most of the last since brave new world but yeah you, i think i agree on that also yeah i think there's some brilliant songs on matter of life and death these colors don't run and just kind of stuff i think it's brighter than a thousand suns or whatever i think it's really really yeah. good song you know and probably yeah. probably overall better than the new album kind of thing but the mm. it, when you listen back to Brave New World, though, some of the songs like Blood Brothers and stuff like that, they, these are they, they're incredible songs, considering where yeah. you left off with Virtual Eleven. But so that must have been some kind of because I was listening back to all I had actually even went back and listened to all of the Bruce Dickinson solo albums as well. And it struck me that like how mm. huge Chemical Wedding is. It's for me, that's yeah. like that's the last, you know, it's just so head and shoulders above everything that Maiden did to, for me in that decade. The same with Halford Resurrection over the Priest mm. albums, with the exception of Painkiller, obviously. Yeah. Um, and it's so weird that the, the combinant was that Roy Z fellow who produced both records. But I could yeah. just imagine Steve Harris sitting there listening to Chemical Wedding just going, fuck's sake. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But it, but it didn't seem to inspire... Um, the the band to follow that production route because the kind yeah. of production has been really strange for Maiden for the last twenty years. It like it's sort of like yeah. un feels unfinished or something. Does that make any yeah, sense? Yeah, I know what you mean. They they have this very you know live, uh, relaxed kind of uh, feeling uh, or atmosphere in the uh, in their albums. Um, actually, I but I guess that is um, very common for other older bands as well. I mean, they've done their, uh, they have all these productions like from the 80s, like, you know, Somewhere in Time or Seven Son of Seven Son and even stuff like Hysteria and albums like that. I mean, it's yeah. not, and Justice for All. <laughs> if you compare Back in Black to Black Ice, you can hear Black Ice is just a bunch yeah. of in the room. Back in black, yeah. you know, yeah, I know what you mean. It's like, yeah. so uh, I don't know, but uh, also, I can't really, it, it's the same also with you know, the cover artworks and uh, layout and everything like that. It's just like bands don't, the old bands stop caring so much. Well, I mean, that, you know? well, it's clear, know. like, when you look at Maiden, like, they, they moved from like Martin Birch, big studios, foreign places to in the barnyard in the back garden of Steve's house house yeah okay martin mm. birch retires the a genius retires and then yeah. they just kind of go all right they go from seven son of seven son to songs like weekend warrior and public enema mm. number one and i remember buying that when i was 15 16 at the time and just being like that's yeah. not what i listened to iron maiden for 
songs about like bring your daughter to the slaughter and just yeah it's not what we want from our maiden sort of barroom rock you know with the sort of yeah, even, yeah, I, yeah. even i could tell it was a sort of like a dull production you know yeah I mean, I had a bit different because I I was ten years old when uh, the X Factor was released. Okay. And prior to that, I'd only heard like, I think maybe like the hit songs like Fear of the Dark and Run to the Hills and mm. and so on. So the X Factor was like the first Iron Maiden album that I uh, owned uh, myself and I listened okay. to in full even. Yeah. So I got the weird uh, start. I guess that is also the thing. I guess when uh, it's a matter of when you hear things the first time and when you get into it. I mean, everything that we uh, discovered when being like 12 to 15 yeah. years old has a very specific uh, place. Uh, even if, I don't know, maybe the same bands are doing uh, better stuff nowadays, but well, still you have all those memories yeah, somewhere yeah. in the subconscious. Yeah, I mean the it's, same uh, thing. The same. It's the same thing for me. Just take it ten years previously. So yeah. when for me it was Power Slave and Somewhere in Time. I guess somewhere yeah. around Somewhere in Time would have been Wasted Years, and that was been the first, maybe maybe a little yeah. bit before that. So that would have been the first stuff that I heard. But there's just something about like I I noticed it when I was listening to um, the '90s Maiden stuff, which was this kind of um, you know um, see or say what you see lyrics. Like uh, mm. whatever movies they've been watching, The Fugitive is just about the fugitive. Then, you yeah. know, Sign of the Cross is the name of the rose. The Klansman yeah. is Braveheart. And yeah. on and on and on. It's just like, guys, you can't just... Yeah. Falling down is just falling down. Yeah. Movie, and it's like, nobody mm. should be making a chorus for a heavy metal song that has got the words lunchbox in it. No. <laughs> <laughs> would, you put the word, would you put the word lunchbox into a chorus of a song? You wouldn't. Uh... <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's hard, uh, <laughs> hard to do that and still, you know, uh, keep uh, keep from laughing. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it's just. Yeah, start. I remember some. Uh, I don't. I can't remember. Um, uh, uh, I think it was this song, uh, "A Quest for Fire." Oh the, yeah, uh, the Peace of Mind album. And uh, there was some uh, review or something in some magazine that, that I read a while ago where they were like, uh, talk about, yeah, don't, don't they know that dinosaurs and uh, humans didn't exist at the same time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that is also about the movie. This, uh... Yeah, yeah. It's like... So it was a bit funny. Yeah, it's like they they took it from the what is the Reco Welsh movie or something, and something to a million years BC or something, and they do have dinosaurs, yeah. and humans. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. So, and I suppose yeah. the Tame a Land is about Dune and stuff. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is. It's been there before, but it's just like when I was listening to the '90s stuff, I was just, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Just like sort of, oh, well, I've just seen the Fugitive. Let's write a song about the future. Yeah, it's also Apocalypse Now. I think uh, some of the X Factor. Uh, songs where there are like lines from the uh, dialogues from the in the movie and stuff yeah. in the lyrics but I, also. But I will say I saw I saw Wolfsbane in 1989. I'm um, mm -hmm. in a bar in Dublin, um, and I I was quite a fan of the first Wolfsbane album, and they were brilliant. 
barroom rock band. But I mean, Blaze was a brilliant frontman, like a really, really yeah. brilliant frontman. He was a great singer. I mean, he is he's a good singer, but he's more in the Biff Bifford style, new wave British yeah. heavy metal classic yeah. singing voice than a high voice. But I saw then Maiden on the X Factor, and there was only about six hundred people there. And my friend yeah. met Steve Harris in the airport the next day. And he kind of, they got talking and he said to him, if I remember correctly, something like, if all the shows were like this, we'd probably have to think about quitting. Okay. There's yeah. only like, there's like 600 people there in a 1200 venue. Yeah. And you could see even, and this is one of the small venues when they were the first tour and you could see straight away, like Blaze was, there's no way he was going to sing Two Minutes oh. to Midnight and For Hallowed by Name. It was just, oh, oh this is... It's not going to happen, you know, because they, they okay. were, yeah. they were, they didn't tune down a step or anything, you know, but I think they kind of like, I was, oddly enough, I was just listening to, you know, the Doogie White demos. Have you heard them? Yeah. Yeah. And then you go, oh, okay. He was right. Almost in there, you know, and then maybe, yeah. Blaise, Blaise, maybe Blaze was better at playing football. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, like I said, I actually enjoy both the albums with Blaze on vocals and his vocals in themselves, you know, I yeah. have, um, I don't know, it is something about um, about them that I can't really put my finger on. It's like, uh, it's like he, he really goes into it and gives 100% and he, um, he does it with conviction somehow that, uh, yeah. that I think yeah, is, um, yeah, that strikes me. Yeah, so, I think uh, I, I'd agree with that. I mean, do you, did you ever listen to those old Wolfsbane records from before? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, you know. So, yeah, definitely. I enjoy them as well. So, but the um, but the idea like that, um, I I think he got kind of sold. Like he got given, you know, the way in football they say you get given a hospital pass. In yeah. a way, you know, you get past the ball, and you know, you're going to get clattered, and that he was mm -hmm. he got into the band and was handed something. I think that realistically, when if they'd all taken a step back, they would have gone, "Okay, this, how is this going to work? That you're going to sing Aces High, and we, we, it's just there isn't a way, there isn't a way that that oh. could happen, you know?" Oh, yeah, could be true. <laughs> so what's going on with but, the, um, what's going on with the new album? Then what's the whole concept? Um, the whole concept, I would say, is um, the fourth revolution. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but uh, I, I've always had, uh, since we started out, I've had an interest in the uh, occult and uh, spirituality, uh, witchcraft and uh, all such matters that are kind of now, uh, there are still a huge part of the lyrical concepts, but I've also, you know, uh, on the new album, there are uh, some songs that are more focused on um, uh, what is going on in society and uh, you know criticizing you know blind acceptance and uh, herd mentality and uh, all of uh, that kind of of stuff you know so it's um, it's about questioning what we are told uh, is the truth on all levels of existence both spiritual as well as uh, temporal or worldly and um yeah, you know, to um, uh, the title is at one with none, and uh, one can say that the title is, you know, has two different meanings or similar meanings. Uh, that on a worldly level would be to feel like 
you know, a stranger in a strange land, <laughs> to use uh, that phrase, um, within society and just, you know, do your own uprising against it and uh, go walk your own uh, way uh, out of it, you know, but also on a spiritual level to, you know, the search for becoming at one with none or with the great you know, nothingness beyond creation and um, uh, and so on. So those two sides of the same coin, so to speak, is is the concept of the album and then each uh, of the lyrics are from this same perspective, but from different angles, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, I found it kind of a bit... Um... Everyone said to me, like, oh, you know, this whole lockdown situation is going to be a really good environment for writing songs. Mm. And I just sort of said, well, actually, for me, no, not at all. I haven't written oh. anything. Because I thought to myself, um, I, the idea uh, that's surrounding at least the band is the is different. Um, you know, it is travel. It is taking in different experiences. It is there's a certain sort of mm. movement and agency that's involved. With, yeah with being in the band that now that you're just what well, literally stuck a, a lot of the times behind a screen, I didn't find mm. that very inspiring at all. Um, no. And I suppose oddly enough, the, as you say, the sort of outsider status within society had been mm. something I've been writing about for years anyway, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I found it sort of oddly uninspiring in a way because um, the whole situation, an awful lot of people said to me, Oh, this is going to be great time for bands. And I said, well, how do you figure that out? Yeah. How is that? You mean what? We're yeah. Lots of people making records we don't need. Yeah, and also, I mean, there are certain things. I mean, if we take um, uh, spiritual uh, concepts and so on, that I mean, we've been able to uh, to focus on uh, uh, fully, so to say, uh, without any kind of. Um, I mean, because we, we've been able to have uh, our bands going on and doing what we do for a long time without any, you know, interference really from the yeah. outside. I mean, th there are some, of course, uh, I don't know, political currents or whatever that tries to to do certain things and put shape things in certain directions and so on, but nothing bigger. Yeah, yeah. But now we have now we have this situation where we are you know robbed uh, of our rights to perform live and yeah. there is really uh, that is such a huge part of everything i mean it's for a band like on our level that is the the sole uh, reward for all yeah. the work and effort that we put into this i mean we don't it's not like we have any uh, commercial success but the actual uh, salary is to go out on on tour and yeah. Uh, yeah and so on so i mean there is really nothing um uh, nothing more uh, to focus on now that rather than other than um uh, solving that part <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. How, however we are going to do good that so and that in itself of course is something that we haven't had to deal with earlier we could just focus on writing mat new material and then try to do shows and there would be opportunities for us to do so but now we have this whole weird situation and we're like okay we 
uh, it's like you can only do things uh, partially and everything is very um, uncertain and uh, so on. So um, I, I agree with you. It's not, um, it's not an inspiring situation. I mean, it's not like, uh, I mean, to us, I mean, of course, maybe if we had done the band, you know, full time, of course, we maybe would have been more productive and released more albums and so on over the years. But um, uh, if it, it, if only time was the problem, I mean, you have to, you have to prioritize uh, your things in life. And if you want to do something, then you, then it's up to you to get it done. And if you have other stuff that's in the way, then you need to weigh things against each other and let's see what is most important to you and, you know, handle yeah. it or abandon it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I think you're exactly uh, but, right. Yeah. Yeah. But as it is now, um, I mean, I, I'm actually surprised that, uh, there's been so little, um, uh, resistance to, uh, to what's been going on or little discussions or debates is almost like everybody is like, yeah, we, we will have to wait and see what's uh, going to happen, you know, and then time, time goes. And now it, we have a situation where, you know, club owners and promoters businesses are more or less uh, down at zero you know they they of course are screaming to to get started again and then we have a situation where yeah i mean uh, people in general might be more open to accept whatever the authorities are telling them to to do in order to get started again while we as bands uh, or some of us at least might have a you know ideological uh, issues with with that and uh, I mean uh, there must be a line somewhere for everybody I mean uh, where do we draw the line what is uh, what is okay I mean if they told us yeah you can do shows but you have to cut one of your hands off Uh, I mean is that uh, is that where we draw the line I could do it you couldn't do it (laughs) yeah yeah, exactly Um, but I mean, it's uh, it's it's not a very inspiring situation, I would say, and I totally uh, understand your uh, uh, your points. Uh, luckily, we had a lot of material already written before uh, this yeah. uh, emergency, as you call it. Uh, emergency. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know. Yeah. I mean, the thing about it is, is that I, I think we were shown very clearly what art meant to society. At yeah, least, exactly. at least in Ireland, um, nothing. In that, mm. and you saw whoever is on the Irish Arts Council. I'm sure there's no one like me, like no. a musician. I'm sure. I'm. I'm pretty sure. I know exactly the kind of people. I'm not going to say the kind of people because I'll get into trouble. But I'm pretty yeah. sure. And they they got 130 million euro, and they were building like streaming stages, and the whole thing was about well. Um, you know, mm. there's no rehearsal rooms for bands. They were they weren't building rooms that were 100, 200, 300 for young people to come to. Like the, the understanding that if there's no gigs, no one's going to rehearse because there is yeah. no point. If no. you if you're looking for TikTokers, okay, fair enough. Yeah. And you just knew that there was no young, we'll say, or middle aged musicians, shall yeah. we say, because that's the kind of the 30 to 50 
age mm. group are the kind of people who would have taken going to gigs or the expression. And it's not just about going to gigs. It's also about art exhibitions. It's about, um, you know, everything. If you're, you know, book readings, whatever it is, you're, you're some sort of movement which involves the agency of people being in a room with each other. Um, yeah. The idea that you could just replace that with streaming um, is such an anti-human concept that anybody yeah. thinks that that's a replacement for the artistic, you know, sort of communion or celebration yeah. involved in being creative should be ashamed. Um, yeah. And I, I don't think they quite understand that they're the handmaidens of no. of digital authoritarianism um, because yeah. there wasn't somebody in the in the room like me calling them fucking idiots basically no. i think but i i the i totally agree with you in the sense that if somebody said to me okay there's no more gigs there's no more touring you can play in ireland once every two years and you can stream locally i mean i don't yeah. see any purpose I, I personally i like you the reward is to go and play and travel and move and so yeah. i would make another album but i couldn't see myself being bothered to make another album after that um no uh so the world will get an unnecessary acoustic album from me probably or yeah. you know like it's it's um very and i agree with you how easily people were were just kind of accepted like ah well okay so that's how it is now yeah um and like i said in ireland like in ireland music indoors is still banned dancing okay. dancing yeah. is dancing is banned yeah like um and then like so like you know very taliban style yeah. the beheadings yet yeah. um but you know i, I want to know if the taliban are going to play some hits from their debut album when they're on tour now but no yeah. um are they going to or just just demo songs um yeah. no i mean it's it is, i agree with you it's the idea that once as my friend said um she said once the the loop is broken the circuit is broken you have a circuit breaker in society maybe people go ah well we just don't go back to social society as we knew and i think that that's really yeah. dangerous and so represents for people like us musicians artists like this um yeah it's kind of as you say it's the inter it's a, it is an interference but it's kind of like it almost feels like either people said to me either well have you tried to adapt and i was there like well adapt to what i mean yeah. if, if this like us talking if this is adapting mm. And let's say yeah. you get your guitar out and I'll sing. And then there's other yeah. little Zoom squares here, people watching. I, I'm not yeah. doing that. So no. then the adaption, the adapting is just, it's over. Yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, there can never be, that is why I don't, I mean, of course we could have done something like some streaming yeah. show or, or something, I mean, in connection with the album release, but it's also, you know at this point when everything is moving in that direction i think every such step is you know on some level you are accepting this uh, yeah. uh, this development and uh, it's another thing if, if i mean if we would do a proper live show with an audience and then yeah. scream it to people who can't be there that's a completely different deal and yeah, something yeah. that you know would paint a much more uh, uh, realistic picture of a, of a show yeah. also because I mean what is the show without an audience really it's just yeah, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. just the uh, the the bad part of it yeah. I mean uh, but it's uh, so and, and also I mean uh, considering all these older uh, or the concepts that have been 
so uh, very frequent in uh, metal uh, philosophy, metal lyrics uh, since the beginning of time. I mean, the old Black Sabbath lyrics, the electric eye lyrics, the metal heart, the metal gods, this, you know, the humanizer album, the, the, you know, this dehumanizing process that is going on now with this, uh, I mean, uh, digital development all over the uh, the world. It's uh, it's hard to distinguish what is what we are forced to forced into and what is you know self chosen so to speak. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, uh, during times like this, of course, there are economical as well as political interests in every such uh, solution uh, that exists. So. It's something that uh, I think one should be, you know, extra aware of, and I mean, think twice before starting to get too used to. Uh, yeah, I mean, people say like to me, people will say to me, like, "Oh, well, you're getting money from the state, um, you know, like, uh, you know, maybe you can get sponsors for your podcast." And you try and say to people, like, "Hey, I'd rather be." Um, I mean, it sounds kind of like simplistic, but I'd rather be poor and free than have yeah. money and no quality of life. And that my quality of life is based on the freedom to do, to you know, as you say, to 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 move, to have agency, to um, mm. take your art to other countries. I mean, if somebody yeah. said to me, "Hey, we'll give you enough money to live," and you go, "Well, what sort of life is this?" Where yeah. there's only the shop around the corner and Zoom or yeah. being on a screen this is not a life i want to take part in and so no. and, and so it's it's trying to explain or obviously say to people that you know the 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 creative urge or the the element that um as you say compensates or the reward or whatever you say for being creative mm. is that it takes you away from the screen yeah yeah not, yeah exactly yeah not not put and we we started bands to be in rooms with other people not yeah. to be sitting on our own or to yeah. sitting on the screen. And so the idea when I say to people and they kind of go, all right, I'd say I'd, I'd, I was poor for years and years and years. Um, mm. Financially, I don't care about money. Um, now, um, you know, I'm not that poor anymore, I suppose. I mean, some people would say I am. I don't really own anything, so I don't care. But oh. um, you could call it um, if this is wh where how it is, then it's then you're creatively poor. You're spiritually yeah. poor. You're socially poor. And those are far worse things than being Absolutely. financially poor i think you know yeah definitely totally uh, totally agree with you and i mean it's also um it's a bit worrying when you see uh, i don't know if i've seen any uh, metal specific celebrity doing so but in sweden now uh, a lot of you know uh, celebrities within the you know uh, music culture or um, or almost, you know, screaming to get those um, passports and such in um, in place, uh, calling it, you know, so that we can go back to normal. But I mean, everybody wants to get out of this, but also, who are we gonna be one when we get out? You know, are yeah. we gonna be stand standing on stage knowing that uh, we are? you know that our uh, music and our art form and live shows has been used as some form of bait in order 
for people to mm. make make up their mind about something that uh, is their own yeah. uh, choice. And um, that's an interesting word. It's a good word, actually. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, that is also. I mean, I I can only speak for myself, but I uh, I would rather sleep at night, you know, <laughs> uh, knowing that uh, that one at least brings those subjects up for uh, discussion, you know, that there can yeah. be some form of sane debate and that uh, that some uh, of these points are brought to the table. And yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's the problem is that there is no, it's, it's almost yeah. impossible. I mean, um, I know people who just look at the titles of my podcast and assume, oh, he's anti-vax, he's 5G, he's this, that, the other. And you go, did you listen to any of the podcasts? Yeah. <laughs> and, and no, because yeah. I'm trying to hold the line between either side mm. of those things. But the, yeah. the idea that you can have a debate about those things, I mean, mm. for anybody, anyone, like I said to my friends, when this started within a month, I was like, oh, we're in this for a long time. And they're like, what? And then yeah. I was there in my first podcast, I'm like, digital biometric passports this is the this is the reason mm. why and this is the repercussions of this everybody was like oh come on and so for anybody who doesn't think that you know these things are obviously i think a lot of people don't want to think about it but what's happening in australia for example yeah. do we do we consider this to be the path that all governments fundamentally want to follow to a point or are yeah. they going you guys fucked it up but the idea yeah. that the idea, I mean, you saw that in Australia, they have this thing now where the police are allowed to remotely control your device, access yeah. your files and actually chat with other people internally in your device. Now, yeah. if, if a digital passport, let's say, for example, um, let's say, for example, you're both we are living, our earnings are digital. You know, we are yeah. using digital platforms to be paid, whether it's PayPal or whatever. Yeah, you and me say something that is deemed, you know, um, uh, um, against the state. Yeah, can the digital passport be just used to just turn you off, to just unperson yeah. you from your income, from your ability to take part in society? And anybody yeah. who thinks that 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 the technology won't be used for that, for me, is mm. insane. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, a level, that's a level of trust you have in your state and government yeah. that is if you just stop to think and went oh okay so so what you need what if you believe that that is untrue to a degree i'm not saying it's completely going to happen but if you think that that's untrue then explain to me how the one percent have behaved to the 99 percent for the last 500 years they always had their best interest at heart right yeah, yeah. No, absolutely obviously not. No. So history, there's no argument, but yet I no. find people constantly push back because what yeah. you're dealing when you're when you're trying to be rational, you're dealing with, um, I think people who are emotionally being manipulated, and yeah. I think that's that's part of the problem. So I understand the temp. I understand kind of like, look, we need these passports, blah 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 blah, blah to get back to you know playing. Of course, sorry for the long blah blah blah, but of course the other thing about it is is um every if you have a digital passport, like say when we played in London, right? Um mm. all the fuss. I went over, no one no one asked me for to look at anything anywhere, oh. nor the crowd to get into the venue, no distancing, no okay. matter. So what you hear in the media about how these huge decisions politicians are making, and then on the ground, 
you realize like yeah. it's up to the security guard at the door to go and then he goes i don't have the scanner i don't give a fuck in you go um yeah do you know what i mean like yeah. the, it's so yeah. arbitrary and the yeah. idea that everyone is marching in step with all of this mm. is isn't true because the bureaucracy paperwork individual choices involved in it um mm. like all the flight last flights i've been on have all been full yeah um no one really been asking for anything. Then you look at the media and it's all screaming about this, that, the other. And then you, yeah. what you could end up with in your phone is a just a dead app. Yeah. That somebody goes, yeah. yeah. Somebody just goes, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And in eighteen months, you're just back to normal. Yeah. But but Pfizer have made their money and sorry, blah 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 blah. You know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, yeah. That that is one. Uh... Uh, one possibility and like you say i mean there there's a whole you know infrastructure needed for all those things and i i mean considering uh, the sizes and so on and you know the style of the venues that we as a band generally play on you know i, I have a hard time seeing this whole system being part of um, of anything on this on this level but uh, i mean obviously Things are still kept uh, shackled, at least. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, yeah, it's uh, it will be definitely be be interesting to uh, uh, how to see how things evolve and what we you know what we need to to do and how we can yeah. how how we need to um, think about these things in the future. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing is that the truth is, as always just a sort of gray area in the middle, which is going yeah. to be like, say, you know, like the last flight I took, um, going back into Ireland, the cops are just like, yeah, 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 yeah. And you go. Yeah. Whereas our, our, you know, our health minister is blah, 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 you know, yeah. this, that, the other, but on the ground, once you actually, once you, I think what, maybe what it is, is that if 75% of the people are scared into staying inside the 25% yeah. of us who want to get on with living, will be yeah. allowed to on some terms. Yeah. And if you yeah. want to stay in your fucking house, stay in your fucking house. Um, yeah. And so the rest of us will go like, oh, look, it's just the same. Yeah. Like after the first, yeah. World, after the second world war, they had rationing cards in the UK for another 10 years. They had ID cards for another yeah. nine. Like the idea that um, until eventually people just, you know, there was some, um, they were thrown out of uh, to the, with parliament. It's just the idea that, that, that so many worrying moves by politicians and state and governance into this authoritarian structure to try and place mm. more and more and more restrictions around people yeah. uh, is how many will hit their targets or not. I mean, it remains to be seen. The problem, I, I could see this happening. I could see next year's festival season happening with certain restrictions and things you need to do it's the touring it's the going in a van between one mm. to another that's going to yeah. be a big yeah thing. yeah that's going to be very tough i guess it's um yeah i have um i have no idea when that can be you know possible well, to do was, again unless it feels now at, at least but there are bands. There are bands doing it now. I just saw like yeah. this band, this band from Scotland, Dune, who um, um, yeah. I was working with for a little bit. They just they're starting a tour. I think tomorrow with some okay. other band. I, I have no fucking yeah. idea how it will go, but no. 
maybe maybe again again the noise surrounding everything is so great sometimes trying to get to the actual truth of it when you get to the door of the venue and they just go yeah look it's fine come on and everybody yeah. who's inside gets an antigen test they can do it themselves and go hey look here's my test okay fine and it, and yeah. it, it just works yeah um yeah but we sort of don't quite know yet no exactly <laughs> Right. Death is certain, life is not, <laughs> as they say. <laughs> right. On that note, yeah. let me press stop. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.